0: Welcome to the House of Hoosier podcast. It's your host AJ Geit, man. It's a lot going on this week. We got a big game against Purdue coming up this week. And we got a very, very special guest, a guy who knows what it takes to be, beat Purdue in Jordan Holes, man. I hope you guys enjoy.
1: Yeah, AJ, let's talk a little bit about Purdue. You were able to beat him a couple of times in your career. Uh, Archie Miller is yet to beat Indiana or beat Purdue uh, in his Indiana career. It would be something to kind of get the monkey off his back. This feels like an opportunity for Indiana. What do you remember? It was there something special when Purdue was the opponent? Was there an extra sort of set of butterflies in your stomach when you took the court against Purdue?
0: There was definitely something extra man. I remember the first game we played at Purdue. We lost by about seventeen or eighteen. Man, it was really. Uh, It was just a weird atmosphere because it was so intense, man. It was so loud. It's the loudest place that you play in the Big Ten uh, when it comes to just straight noise uh, and you can't hear your coaches. And I was just like, man, I got four, three more years of this. That's what I was thinking, like, on the floor. Like, man, this is crazy, Uh, even though I've been in games like that before. But then we played them. So we were 0-2 my freshman year. We played them at home. I hit a big three to tie it. And then uh, Chad Austin hit a, a, a jump shot fading away on the left baseline and Purdue beat us. And, and it was a battle. I was worn out afterwards. I was tired and uh, you know, it was just the, the energy. It's definitely something extra you can fill it in, in practice during that week. You can, you know, with social media we didn't have that back then, but I'm sure the retweets and the, and the classic retweets and all that has just been crazy for the players. So it's a lot of added pressure And, uh, you know, Purdue's always, regardless of record, regardless, it's going to be a tough game because of the the coaching tree that Matt Painter comes from, comes from the Gene, Katie coaching tree where we're talking tough man-to-man defense, you know, hybrid motion offense, uh, everybody's going to touch the ball. You don't know who was going to beat you that night. And that's where, why it was so difficult playing against Purdue. Uh, you didn't know whether it was going to be Chad Austin. You didn't know whether it was going to be Brian Cardinal. You didn't know whether it was going to be Brad Miller. You didn't know whether Jerron Cornell, Mike Robinson. You just didn't know where it was gonna come from. And that's what motion offenses do for you when everybody touches the basketball. So uh, I can feel the pressure, you know, it would not winning and having as a coach, not having one against Purdue. And I think Archie's been there five years. So or is that how long he's been there? Still
1: in six. This is year four. Oh, wow. So uh, yeah. to be 0-8-6. on six they lost the last two of the Tom Crean tenure as well, so they've lost eight straight to Purdue. Wow. I know there's some clips of of Bob Knight in the locker room saying he's sick and tired of losing to Purdue. Was there something extra that Bob Knight brought to the table uh, in a in a pregame locker room speech when Purdue was the opponent?
0: You no, know, he he really played it cool in the preparation process. It was the actual losing that where you would see feel the rat. Yeah, but you know you knew you know based on you know his attention to detail and based on his type of preparation which games were extremely important and those games were that I can recall were Michigan and they were Purdue you were not supposed to lose to those two teams and if you did you better have lost in a dogfight or, or he was gonna be extremely upset. So, you know, definitely uh, you can, the, the assistant coaches were always the ones that were making sure we knew how important that particular game was. So, uh, you know, I think, I think Archie's probably should be under the same thumb of, 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 learn, of, of, of teaching this week when it comes to making sure they know how important this game, not just for his, you know, his lack of winning against Purdue, but, you know, the team is in a good situation. they won some games in a row. They're putting themselves back in contention and uh, this is the one, the most important game of the season right now.
1: Absolutely. A very important game. And on the flip side, like you said, you've beaten them. What's the feeling? We talked about the feeling before the game, the feeling after the game when you win, when you mm-hmm. knock off your rival. There's got to be a little bit of an extra oomph to that celebration.
0: Uh, you know, I've been on both sides. I've lost to them. And, you know, I beat them in, in their place, beat them at home. And so it's just a feeling of jubilation, man. You can't, you don't understand. Actually, my last win in Assembly Hall was against Purdue. And, you know, I, I I didn't care what happened. I wasn't going to lose that game. You know what I mean? We ended up winning by tw- 15, but it was senior night. Uh, it was extra special. I think they were actually playing for the Big Ten title, uh, share of the Big Ten title. We was not going to let that happen. We was going to let somebody win that outright, or, you know, or if we didn't win it, uh, you know, they weren't definitely, we didn't want them to win it. So, you know, it's a different, you know, unfortunately for COVID, it's, it's going to be a different type of celebration for them. But it's a feeling like no other. It's a feeling of, you know, you've done your job and, you know, the the, the ghosts of Indiana past were, are pleased. They're happy. Uh, even we, we were there for night celebration last year. They lost to Purdue. It was a Purdue game. So, you know, that's my memory of, uh, of that team and playing against Purdue. So I, I'm looking at this as a must-win, Austin. I don't say that very often, but IU must win this game tonight, to, not only for themselves, but for the spirit of old IU.
1: It means more coming out of your mouth than it does mine. I've been saying that as well. But if A.J. Guyton's saying it's a must win, then, folks, you better listen. Uh, Nobody – I don't – I believe Joey Brunk is the only active Hoosier uh, who has beaten Purdue, and that was when he was on Butler. uh, (laughs) Wow. None of the other Hoosiers have a win over Purdue. Al Durham, along with Archie Miller, is 0-6. So there's nothing Mm. those guys would rather have, I'm sure, on Thursday night. And a win over the arch rivals, uh, a guy that not only won, but won convincingly, was our podcast guest Jordan Halls. He he won a couple of times at Purdue, uh, beat him by thirty seven in one of the matchups, and he was a great guest. Uh, you guys go on for a long time talking some really good memories in, in his mm-hmm. basketball career. Absolutely, man. Uh, Jordan Halls, along with Steve
0: Alford, along with uh, you know guys like Tom Coverdale. Uh, These are guys that are are Indiana basketball royalty in the sense that, you know, they'll have something, you know, players like myself, Isaiah, will never have. We weren't Indiana born. We weren't in the backyard, you know, that is not a slight against us or anything, but it means a lot more being born in Indiana and being able to you know, play in your backyard and, and, and represent for your family and your community. Uh, that's something, something special about that. And Steve Alford and Tom Coverdale and Jordy Holes were were guys that were able to do that. And when I think of Indiana basketball players, uh, I think of those guys, you know, for those reasons. Mr. Basketballs, all those things that that encompass, they still went into a, a, a major program and produced at a high level and help that team win and, and get to new height. So uh, it was exciting to talk to him, as, you know, and, and what he's done, he's consummate professional. Uh, I mean, I think, the, I think everyone will be excited to hear what he's done and hear him reflect on his career and, and what he's doing today and, and, and understanding his thought process about what makes an Indiana basketball player has not changed.
1: Yeah, really good episode with Jordy Halls. Make sure you subscribe to the House of Hoosier podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. AJ continues to pump out some fantastic guests on the show, so make sure you continue to listen, subscribe. And, AJ, I know you'll be watching on Thursday as Indiana takes on Purdue. Big game coming up, but let's go ahead and send it to our podcast with Jordan Halls. Welcome
0: to the House of Hoosier podcast. As usual, I'm your host AJ Guyden, former Hoosier alum, and I got a special guest here who needs no introduction. Before we get into that, you know we we definitely we lost a, a, a Hoosier loved one, a, a family <laughs> member yesterday, and. Uh, a uh, member of the 76 team, a uh, reserve on the 76 team, a fixture at IU games, Indianapolis uh, native, uh, Wayne Radford. So we definitely want to send our condolences uh, out to the Radford family. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's been that kind of year uh, is what makes this podcast important, uh, that we everybody gets an opportunity to get on, get the stories out. And because uh, you never know what tomorrow may bring, but, uh, you know, uh, condolences to the Radford family. But, uh, we got Jordan holes in the building, man, coming live <laughs> from Germany. Is a cold in there, out that window,
2: man. Is everything good over there? Man, it. I mean, I'm from Indiana, so I'm used to the cold. But the last <laughs> whole week has been snowing, sleeting, raining, no sun, nothing. Wow. So gotta,
0: it's wow. good, though.
2: It's okay. I can't complain. But What is uh, it like yeah.
0: navigating snow over there in Germany? Is it compared to to, to Bloomington, Indiana?
2: Yeah, it's... You know, they do a pretty good job of having, like, the salt on the ground and all okay. that kind of stuff, but it hasn't really been sticking, but every morning I wake up, my kids go up to the window and see the snow falling down, they get all excited, and yeah. uh, I'm like, guys, I got practice, I don't know if I'm going to be out there throwing snowballs <laughs> <Right>. just yet.
0: Playing, <laughs> plan, making snow, man, it gives them a sense of normalcy, though, man, and something for them exactly. to get used to. That's awesome, man, so, you know, for those of you who don't know, Jordan has been uh, playing professionally in Germany
2: for how many years? This is my 5th year in Germany but 8th season overall in Europe eighth so oh! Yeah. so the knee the knees talking to you yet a little bit you know <laughs> I, I got to get them, I got to get them warmed up every single day uh rolling out there's lots of different gadgets that you can use but you know I've been fortunate to uh I'm not athletic so I don't have to like rely on <laughs> the <laughs> jumping and all the pounding on my knees but right. uh, I'm getting there I still feel I good though so that's good I know overseas, man,
0: you know, that sometimes the facilities are up to par. It's a hard floor. It's like cold <laughs> gym. It just, it just takes a couple years off. You're like, man, I miss those springy floors and the heat, the heating pads, all that stuff. Because people will talk about that later, about the the experience of playing overseas mm-hmm. versus America, man. But first, man, you know, obviously uh, Bloomington, uh, going and raised in Bloomington, correct? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, you had an early upbringing in Bloomington, so you, you've you been introduced to IU basketball from the very beginning. What was it like, uh, you know, kind of coming up in a college town where, you know, basketball was number one, and uh, that's, that's just what you were going to do coming up? Like, what was it like?
2: Right, you know, I try and explain to, that to people all the time. When I'm over here, they don't quite understand what basketball means to not just the state of Indiana, but especially for me being right deads back there in, in Bloomington. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to have uh, great role models who helped lead the way in that in that way but um, you know it started with my, my grandparents. my one grandpa was a assistant for Coach Knight uh, back in the in the 70s wow. and um, he was there for one year but they grew up together. so that's how my dad's side got to Bloomington. He followed him from West Point, And then my mom's side got there because my other grandpa was a professor at U. So I, I had no other choice to sure. to, to bleed uh, bleed cream and crimson. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was very, you know, I, I remember growing up watching you play. You, yeah. Dame Five, mm-hmm. all these guys yeah. would meet up at my grandpa's house and watch on his big screen and, you know, cheer on the Hoosiers. So it's been in, in my blood since I was a kid. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had it any other way. So for me to play Absolutely. for my university was awesome.
0: God, that's got to be a, a phenomenal feeling, man. But you're not gonna gloss over the fact that your grandfather coached with Coach <laughs> Knight back in the early '70s. Uh, how did did he ever tell the story about how that connection came?
2: Yeah, so he they actually they were childhood friends. They grew up together um, in, in Ohio. Him, mm-hmm. my grandma, my grandma and grandpa grew up with him in the same city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he did all the traveling when they were kids. He drove him and Coach Knight drove and watched basketball all the time. They played against each other all the time. And uh, like I said, he he went with him to West Point when Coach Knight got that. And then he followed Coach Knight to Bloomington. And, you know, the rest is history. But my grandfather, he was only there for a year or two. And then he got a, a different uh, opportunity um, mm-hmm. to coach other, other, you know, another school or whatever. Yeah. Um, some other stuff happened too. But Uh, But yeah, it's kind of crazy how that all unfolded, and I I never got the pleasure of meeting Coach Knight either, which is kind of crazy. But
0: um,
2: yeah, unfortunately, never met Coach Knight, not face to face. Not I've never shook his hand. Nothing. I've written. I've gotten a letter from him. I've written him notes and stuff like that. But um, unfortunately, hadn't had the pleasure of meeting him face to face.
0: Wow, just this timing, pretty much, man. Yeah, you know, you, you you grew up in a basketball kind of a town, obviously, but then. You know your your father was instrumental in your development. What what was it like? You know you know because I'm a father who has a daughter who's coming up, and I mm-hmm. uh, always try to be weary of you know pushing her too hard or you know you know projecting my 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 uh, images on her. How how was uh, how was it instrumental for your father and what type of uh, coach was he uh, as he began to teach you the game?
2: Yeah, so at a very young age, you know. I took a great liking to basketball, obviously. Again, I didn't really have much of a choice, but I had a huge passion for it. Um, you know, he was hard on me, no question. He kind of had that, uh, you know, he, he instilled the fundamentals into us. We we, we expected perfection. We want to do this. We want to do that. Uh, in the beginning, of for sure, it was difficult, very difficult. But once he realized that I had the passion um, for the game, he knew he could push me, you know, he, he wasn't going to do that if I really wasn't passionate about it and wanted to get better. But once mm-hmm. I told him, Hey, I, I'm serious about it. I want to learn how to shoot. I want to, you know, work on my game. I, I want to be pushed. He's like, are you sure? You know, are you sure you want me to do that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, this, this is what I want. Um, and I'm going to, you know, put everything into that basket. And went, from that point forward, he, he pushed me mentally, physically mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had great, great teams when I was a little kid, you know, learn all the things that I think kids don't necessarily learn in today's game, the proper footwork, right, yeah. fundamentals, how to shoot the ball, you mm-hmm. know, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, he was definitely hard on me, but I think in the end, looking back on it now, I understand why he was like that. Maybe he wouldn't have, maybe he would have been less hard on me, but uh, right, I, th- I think in the end, it, it ended up making me a lot better player. My mom, she was kind of the mediator. She was a great basketball player too. So she kind oh. of helped me on being more of the positive uh, person uh, Uh, off the court uh, as well, putting me through drills on her own too. But, um, you know, I was very blessed to have him in my life to, to push me. And, um, you know, I I had a great time. I had a great childhood. You know, I Mm -hmm. I can't complain one bit uh, for how he gave me all the opportunities that I could. It definitely worked,
0: man. And uh, with all that basketball knowledge around you, you kind of mentioned earlier about how you, you know, you, your dad, and your grandfather sit around watching uh, IU games. Like, what do you, what, what was that like sitting around watching? Because I know it was a lot of complaining. I know it was a lot of, <laughs> like, I know you were sitting there like, man, that's some big shoes to fill. Like, do you remember vividly watching those games and what the conversation was like?
2: 100%, you know, <laughs> even from a very young age, my goal was to be a professional basketball player. I want to play in the NBA. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm no matter if someone made fun of, uh, of me being the smallest kid in the classroom saying right. that anyway, I, I didn't care. And, uh, you know, I, I, I took that same passion when I was watching games. I was really into it, uh, you know, watching you make big shots, watching Kirk Hayson make big shots. Mm-hmm. And then the, as I got older and older, uh, you know, the, the other teams that followed. But, you know, being able to, just, to talk the game with them, I think yeah. as a kid, my whole life, I learned a lot that way as well, not just playing, but actually watching good basketball and understanding you know, motion, spacing, you know, where you're supposed to be when the ball is here and there, you know, not more than just scoring the basketball and those kind of things, trying to be yeah. a team player. Uh, those are all the things that we talked about when we would watch IU play. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I think that's that's helped me become the player I am. And I think I don't need to go out there and score 20 points a game and to impact the game.
0: Right. Um, I
2: can do other things. And I think at a young age, he instilled that in me. And those are the kind of things that we've talked about.
0: That's a heck of an upbringing, but you gotta—you guys got a heck of an athletic family. You know, if, if, if we lock you guys in the gym, who's coming out on top? Your, your sister, <laughs> your mom, your dad. Like, the the day, yeah. who's the best athlete in that
2: family? Oh man, that, that's tough. <laughs> I guess, I guess I'm gonna say me, of course. Absolutely I'm still playing, <laughs> but uh, you know, my dad's six five. My, my younger sister, she's five eleven. She's my height.
0: Oh, um, close she, was, she was a hoop
2: man yeah. so but they they couldn't guard me you know they got to guard me too so uh you know even my older brother I have an older brother as well who's big and strong Mm -hmm. he's more of a a tweener but you Uh know it was good for me playing against guys who are well he's seven years older but like that I would always try and play with him and his buddies they just beat me up all the time so that made me tougher too but I'm for sure coming out on top right now I I, right I I I got that (laughs) If not, then I shouldn't be having a job over
0: here. <laughs> I hope the whole family listening, and at the next family reunion or the family gathering, we can put that to rest. Because I, I see a lot of posting up, I see a lot of complaining, filing, I see a lot of oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, fatigue. Oh. So that that'll be fun to watch, man. You ought to report. Um, uh, coming up, man. Did you attend a lot?
2: Attend a lot of IU games? Um. I would say I, I went to a couple as a kid, I oh. think more for us, you know, we, there was four kids in my family. Oh. We, we would much rather, we would have, uh, you know, all my cousins and stuff too. They'd come and watch the games at, at my grandpa's house. So we kind of made it that like a family event at the house, go, you know, make popcorn, eat dinner, go watch the games in the basement. That's kind of what we did. Oh. Um, I went to a couple of games, of course, all the Hoosier stereos when they were actually at midnight, yeah, you know, we definitely. were in there. Yeah. That, that was a really cool experiences, you know, uh, memories that that we will always remember as kids birthday parties some kids birthday parties you know hey we're, let's go to Hoosier Hysteria at midnight you know
0: stuff mm-hmm. like
2: that is um, maybe a little basketball crazy but that, that's how it was for me.
0: Absolutely man I, so I was joking around with uh, Yogi had him on the pod a pod m- a couple months ago and, mm-hmm. and we were talking about Hoosier Hysteria so I gotta ask you since you kind of you kind of grew up in that 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 night era, you know. You kind of grew up in that area with your father and your grandfather bearing down on you. When you were you there when you saw them performing at Hoosier Hysteria, singing, dancing, and what was going through your mind as a former, if you were there, <laughs> as a former player? I know I was at that one, and I was just like, I was when like, Vic
2: was singing. When
0: Vic was yeah, when he was performing, yeah, I was out there, like, there dancing too. I was like, yeah, what you doing? I had a whole routine, but it wasn't like I was like I was like, man, I, that looks fun. But you know, it goes against the the discipline and the serious nature of what IU basketball was. Yeah. So But I was it was hilarious to me. So, but I joke with Yogi about that because that was like to me the, the 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 changing of the guard
2: and things moving forward. For sure, and I'm definitely like even to this day, I, I'm trying to get better. And the longer I play, the younger guys I I'm playing with guys who are 20. 20 wow. years old, you know, whatever yeah. it is. So I'm trying to, I'm learning a lot too. And I got my own kids that I, I got to try and keep up with. Who knows what they'll be saying by the time they're grown. But that um, Hoosier State, I'm more old school for sure. But again, <laughs> we, we were a tight-knit group and that, that's what we, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's cool that it we was. got to share that memory and hopefully people did enjoy it, but yeah. understood that we were still all about the business once we were yeah, on the me. court and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, that, that was a cool <laughs> memory for sure.
0: I could just imagine, you know, working on our routine, Coach Knight
2: walking the, in the locker. In the that's, locker. Exactly, that's exactly what my dad said to He's He was like, you guys, like, had to practice that and stuff, right? I was like, yeah. It's like, okay. Hopefully you guys got your shots <laughs> up before
0: that. <laughs> right. No, no, it was awesome, man. No no complaints about it, man. So you have, uh, you know, in your development, can you explain to the young Hoosiers what you – what you think are the keys to your development because I read somewhere where you said your father didn't let you shoot threes for a while uh, but you know and it, it seems like it was strategically you know made to, to improve you as a basketball player. but other young people out there don't really understand the process. It used to happen naturally for us. you know we used to naturally go out and play every day. we used to mm-hmm. crave the game. We, we, we started we got the chills and the shakes when we didn't get to play that day. That kind of thing. But it's a lot different now. What was what what are your what was your memory about the development of early in your life?
2: Yeah, when I was young, for sure, one like I touched on earlier, when I told my dad that I, I wanted to get better, he's yeah. like, okay, well, it's, it's gonna be difficult. And right. nowadays not everybody wants to hear that. Like they want they think maybe it's easy, or mm-hmm. you know, if you want if you want to be successful, you're gonna have to put in the work. And that's something that I'm fortunate that I did learn at a young age especially with my size. I'm not the biggest, was never the strongest. Mm-hmm. You know, none of that stuff. I knew if I wanted any, any scholarship of any kind, I was gonna have to work my tail off and know I'm, I'm out working this guy, this guy, this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, what I took that and had that chip on my shoulder. Uh, but at a very young age, uh, like you, you said, my dad didn't let me shoot threes. <sighs> and I think that's, uh, that's, it helped me build some mental toughness for sure. And some discipline, of course, every kid wants to go out there and chuck up some three three balls uh, when you go out there, but I couldn't do it. I, w- I wasn't strong enough. I couldn't shoot uh, a three point shot at, at that age with good form. And my dad's like, well, we're wasting our time yeah. if you're just going to go out there and shoot bad reps. Like, what's the right. point in that? So right. I was a pass first guy. And then if I had an open shot, I'd do that. But um, I, I was very adamant about that. And once I got to seventh grade, I could shoot with good form. I did all those kind of things. And I think that's, you know, when, let's just talk about shooting for instance I think everybody wants to be a great shooter who do, doesn't want to be a great shooter right? right but in order to do that you have to put in the work and not all the time is shooting an actual fun workout form charts aren't fun right. you know working on wonderful pull-ups over and over and over all these thousands thousands of reps perfect reps you know this, mm-hmm. this is where kids get lost you know I train kids in the summer and I'm like look Hey, I'm not gonna teach you James Harden step backs. So I'm not gonna do that. You <laughs> got to be able to shoot a regular jump shot first. So yeah. if I had to tell the younger population right now, or, or whoever wants to be Hoopers, like you got to master the fundamentals. You got to get this footwork, go left, go right, shoot left, shoot right, uh, layups, uh, all this kind of stuff, and then you can build off of that. You know, and I think that's something that my dad instilled in me at a very young age. And again, if I, if I had good footwork and I could do all that kind of stuff. I was going to put myself in a, in a very good position to make not only plays for myself, but my teammates as well. Excellent. Passing the ball with both hands, that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that's missing in today's uh, youth is the fundamentals and actually going out there and putting in the work. Like you said, yeah. you wanted, you wanted to play ball every day, right? Every day, like, every day. That's yeah. that, I was the same way. So yeah. I, I think, you know, it's different time, different distractions, of course, that are going on in, yeah. in our world and, uh, access to technology that we didn't have, um, you know, that that stuff all plays a part. But now it's even more crucial that the kids get that.
0: Absolutely, no, I agree with that one hundred percent. I've trained as well, I've trained some kids as well, and and they, you know, they my training is boring to them because it's it's yeah. basic. It's like I'm trying to help you find your niche on the floor. I'm not trying to teach you to be Damian Lillard or you know, Kyrie <laughs> exactly. Irvin. So you just, most people just can't do that. That's, that's one, that's one in 10 million. But what I can do is teach you how to, you know, shot fake and make one drill pull up or just, you know, Chris cr- chest pass post feeding all the basic stuff that'll keep you on the floor because a good coach is going to, is going to want a player like that on the floor. So I, I love exactly. that point, man. And I think like you t- talked about, you know, it's different times and everything, but so so a lot of that is missing. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of kids are watching the, the the videos that they see on social media and feel that that's what they have to do, and in reality, is going to get you cut. And that's what mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen. You're like you're not going to that because your yeah. coach going to be like, man, what what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Coach Hall taught me this. <laughs> it's like, no, I, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> so yeah, man, great points, man. So, but you you know you had a phenomenal high school career, man. Three year varsity letterman, twenty six and zero. Uh, you know, Gatorade, all, everything, all player of the year awards, you won them. Uh, but when you look back at your high school career, man, what, what were some of the great rivalries and, and, and some of the great players that you played against who helped hone your, 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 your competitive edge to help you be successful in the Big Ten? Because I remember when I was in high school, nobody knew anything about me. But the, the, the competition where I was was so stellar. That when I got to to, to college, it was a, an easier transition for me because I had played against that intensity and all that before. But I know that thing that, that is elevated in Indiana basketball. What are your earliest, what are your memories of your high school, uh, the competitive nature of your high school career?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I'm naturally a very competitive person. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, I have to be or else I, I wouldn't be able to uh, be, out, be out there on the floor. But I was fortunate not only for, to have my, my dad as a kid and great AAU coaches, but also my high school coach. He's all time winningest coach in Indiana history. Wow. Uh, he's still John coaching Holmes. there. Yeah. Coach, coach uh, J.R. Holmes at Bloomington. Yes, South. He uh, he's the, uh, you know, he's old school. He's strict. He, he knows exactly what he wants his guys to do. And I, I, I was happy that I got to play for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I learned a lot from him and his great, great coaching tree and stuff like that. But uh Talking competition-wise, it, it was really good for me. I wasn't highly recruited until later in my, you know, my junior, going into my junior year, um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. When I played well in AAU, but uh, talking about high school ball, when in Indiana, it, you know, everybody loves the game, and if you're in this class, whatever class you're in, um, but playing against all the Indianapolis schools uh, really helped me. Uh, you know adjust to the speed the quickness the the different style styles of play uh, you know whether you're playing Lawrence North or Pike I played against the Teagues Um, you know Eric Gordon when he was at North Central played Mm. him in the final four and then you play a different pace game like you're playing a Wisconsin or something like that if you go to like southern Indiana against good schools like New Albany or or you know something like that so it was good for me to get a mix of different styles of play and being able to know what I was able to do against those things not get too sped up not be too crazy uh, I think that was that's a compliment to Indiana basketball is that you know you can have all these different styles of play you can be this type of player that but you can still be super successful um, and again a lot of credit to our coaches and we had a great group of guys uh, my senior season D Davis who went on to Xavier Spencer yeah. Turner played at Belmont Eric Fromm played at Butler uh, so we had four mm-hmm. D1 guys but a group of uh seven or eight seniors on the team too who we have all played together as kids. So right for us to end the way that we did and and be able to compete and kind of dominate that whole season what was really special to obviously to me, but for mm-hmm. for us as you know as friends growing up and, and actually getting that state title that everybody wanted wanted awesome. to obviously awesome. get. So what moment in
0: high school did you realize that that hey I might be able to play at the next level. Not only I might be able to play, I might be able to contribute in a way that, you know, satisfies me. Nobody, nobody really signs up to go be a bench warmer or try to, you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't really want that. It kind of happens if you go, you know, but at that, you know, when you want to play, at what moment, because I talked to each player about, hey, what was that moment that you was like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I might be able to do this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been fairly confident in my abilities because I know I'm putting in the work. But uh, whether or not you actually get that opportunity, uh, you know, a lot of different things have to go. There's lots of, lots of different factors to go into that. Um, right. But, you know, I always thought I could play on those. It was just getting other people to believe that, believe right. right? So if <laughs> yeah. I don't play well in that one AAU tournament, do I get all these one offers or all these offers after that one day or not? You know, that right. kind of stuff is just, you know, that's not our timing. That's God's timing in that, yep. in that regard. But um, for me, it was, you know, I started – as a sophomore I didn't play any varsity as a freshman you know I dress on the end of the bench and stuff like that even if I thought I I should have been playing you know coach didn't that's not really one of his things that he did so I I paid my dues we went undefeated JV and then my next three years I started uh, but I think you know once I proved myself to those seniors in my sophomore year um, I was playing well doing doing whatever I needed to do in my high school season and then I carried that over to my AU season I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not only doing this in the state of Indiana, I can do this against all of these people in the country. Right. And, you know, in my last season of AAU, doing it against guys like John Wall and, uh, you know, whoever else came up in that class. Like w- yeah. the team that I was on, we were very good. Uh, for Indiana Elite, we had like Mason Plumlee, uh, Colt Ryan, who went on to score 2,000 points at Evansville, DJ Bird, Purdue, Bobby Capabianco. We had a great uh, talent, uh, talented yeah. team, uh-huh. uh, but we played as a team. And I think that's what really helped me stand out uh throughout the aau uh, circuit is that uh, nobody really cared who scored of course you're going to get yours but you yeah. just won everything you know right, so it, it was really okay. good for me um when that happened and that's kind of when i knew like I, I belonged it's just a matter of if other people are going to jump on board and i'm going to go prove them right if if someone gives me opportunity it was always my thing like all right i'm going to work my tail off of this this opportunity always super thankful um but the, you know I, I belong here and i've always felt that way
0: No doubt, you know, and and
2: despite the stellar
0: high school career and despite, you know, being player of the year and all that, you were kind of still cast off, lightly recruited, man, which, you know, worked in our favor for for the Indiana faithful. But I know at that time, he was like, damn, what I got to do? My team's winning, Mm -hmm. you know, my my (laughs) AAU team's killing it by just one state. But, you know, at some point you were approached by IU. Uh, What is is your earliest memory of uh, being approached by? What coach approached you? And how did that conversation go? And how did you react when you when they finally started recruiting? Yeah,
2: like, yeah, it's, it was a crazy story because like like I said, I was playing well in AAU uh, this the summer before. I was sending out my tapes to people like, hey, just <laughs> just look at me, Butler, look at me. Right. Somebody, any MAC schools, like anybody who would take a shot at me, just give me a chance. Wow. Uh, we don't have the, the scholarships, we don't have spots. Like, okay, I get it. Uh, but that the one summer uh, we were playing in Pittsburgh. And that's again, like I, I just named off a couple of guys. We had a lot of D, eight of or nine of our uh, players. Eight of them went D1. So like, wow. we had, all these coaches are coming to watch us play. Uh, and you know, we we played well in the in the Pittsburgh tournament, the Jam Fest. And I go from zero offers, like maybe one or two from smaller schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have that one good tournament, and then things just got crazy for me. So. Once IU called, Coach Buckley was the guy who saw me play uh, mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, and he's the one – because Coach Crean wasn't out on the road. They had some sanctions, I think, um, going on at that time, so he yeah. couldn't really travel, or I'm not 100% sure. No, on I, remember, the I remember that. Order, he was but, restricted. But uh, um, yeah. so Coach Buckley was the one who saw me, and he's the one who, who called Coach Crean. It's like, hey, you need to check out this guy. Okay, where is he from? I like – they said or they told coach green he's literally in our backyard he's from Bloomington you know so like <laughs> a couple weeks go by uh, you know you go to school you have your next tournaments or whatever but coach green starts watching all uh, like film on me and stuff from high school and then after he sees a couple of clips it's like wow he, he can fit in the system what he what he he likes to run kind of like when they had Travis Diener at, at Marquette hey, that's kind of the guy yeah. that he compared me to okay. um, ball screens shooter you know making the right class so that kind of stuff so One thing led to another. Coach Crean gave me a call, and you know he's like, "We're very interested." Blah blah blah. Uh, At this point, I had a couple other schools, but once I heard IU, I was like, "If I can play ten minutes away from my hometown," at that point, I was like, "Okay, if this happens, and okay, I'll, I'll stay home." But it was a pretty special moment just to finally, you know, it doesn't happen for everybody. There's lots of great players who don't get to get to that next level or that school or whatever that they wanted to, but. For me, I was very fortunate that it ended up, ended up working out um, for me yeah. and I performed well or whatever, but uh, that they gave me that chance. And it, it was pretty special for me and my family.
0: How, how close were you to, to wearing the black and gold? <laughs> hey, you could really, be honest now. You're, you're, you're older. No, now. I know,
2: no, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I tell everybody I really enjoyed because um, they were very, even from like ninth grade on, they came to all of our games. And one of my better buddies was DJ Bird who ended up going to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, Duke came in at the end a little bit with, with Mason Plumley being on my team and then Bobby had committed to IU. Uh, right. so I had IU, Purdue, and then, uh, possibly Duke. So, but I really enjoyed Purdue, um, mm-hmm. their coaching staff. They're really good. Yeah. You know, I would, I would, I wasn't afraid to ask questions either. So this is something I would tell younger guys too. If someone's recruiting you, don't, don't let them just talk to you the whole thing. Like you need to ask them questions right. too. I wasn't afraid to do that me and mm-hmm. my dad would have things written out like, Hey, what, what would they expect out of you? But what would they, you know, what can, what do they think that you should be improving on now? Mm-hmm. And that coaching staff did a great job because they had seen me a lot longer than the IU coaching staff had. So they had helped me out in that regard. You know, you got to guard your yard. You got to yeah. get the mid range game going mm-hmm. um, a little bit more uh, when you can and, you know, whatever it was, they, they did a really good job. So, um, but when they so Purdue offered me first, and then IU offered me not too much longer after that, but uh, I don't know if I could have came back to Bloomington if I would have yeah. went to Westlaw. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I think I made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, you made the, the right decision. Not
0: only for <laughs> yourself, but for your family and living, because I don't see you living in Bloomington, you know, uh, after. Picking a black and gold very long. Yeah, those those been, grocery store would have been hell. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would have been a little rough. But if, yeah, it, it ended up working out. I'm yeah, happy. Sure. You know, I I use the best thing that's ever happened to me. I still, I live there now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with my family, and I'll forever. Yeah, you know, I think we'll we'll plant our plant our roots there. So that's exciting.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But you know, the thing about it was IU wasn't wasn't it was a rebuilding right when you when they were putting mm-hmm. you. How how much did that factor into your decision? Like, okay, if I go here, I might play, but we look like we might lose every game. And how
2: right. much did
0: that factor into your decision to go to IU? It,
2: it was big, you know. I, I wanted to go when I wanted to play a big part and obviously growing up in Bloomington I knew the tradition that was there and mm-hmm. the history and what people who who are IU fans what they know Indiana basketball you know what oh. they know that's like and I wanted to be part of something that can help bring that back
1: because right.
2: we were rebuilding I knew there was a chance that we wouldn't be that good mm-hmm. now I don't think I was prepared for the two the first season that we had I don't oh, yeah. nah, I've, 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 I grew up a winner like that's what I want to win at all costs. That's what I want to do. And when we weren't winning, I was like, what, what, (laughs) what are we doing, man? Like, it was really tough for me. uh, And for for all of us, you know, mentally, uh, but I think in the long run, it ended up making us better. But um, I wanted to go and be part of something special. And I knew uh, the guys that were coming in, if we all bought into what Coach was preaching and, and, you know, we got the, the pieces that we needed, and we all meshed, meshed well, then we could get it done. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was difficult the first two years, but the last two years made it all worth it, and Absolutely. I think we'll be forever remembered for for doing mm-hmm. that. Absolutely, man, and it worked out
0: definitely. We reached the midpoint, man. I like to do what I call the Hoosier Ten, and it's ten questions that uh, you know Hoosier fans would like to know about Jordan Hose, man. So the first question would be, what apartment did you stay in on campus?
2: Apartment. I stayed at uh, Smallwood one year and then mm-hmm. I stayed at Station Eleven for two years and then I was at right. McNutt uh my freshman or yeah freshman year I was at McNutt. McNutt, stand up. Yeah. <laughs> uh favorite
0: when you go back from them long the long uh, hiatus from the States and you come back to Rome, what restaurant do you go to first?
2: Oh man, it's either uh Chick-fil-A, um uh, or Village Deli.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thinking back to your career, what was your most memorable game?
2: My most memorable game. Memorable mm-hmm. game. Um, I think when we won at NC State,
0: nice
2: uh, on the road my junior year. People mm-hmm. really didn't think we were for real, right? Uh, and that we got a big, big time uh, road win at NC State. I think that I, I had I played a good game, but more importantly, the win to kind of like let people know like we were for real at that point uh so I think that was really really great game for us
0: yeah I remember that the program was back Uh, Mm um
2: toughest place to
0: play in the Big Ten
2: toughest place to play in the Big Ten um you know obviously Mackie gets pretty rowdy just Mm -hmm. because of the rivalry but I think Michigan State was pretty difficult um because the the students are all like in that little bowl, right Yeah. On the court. <laughs> I think they they had a really nice student set. I like their I like their court too. So it was yeah, nice to play there, true. but I think uh, it was pretty intense there. Absolutely. Uh, did you win at Purdue? Yes, we we won. Yeah, I think twice at Purdue,
0: maybe two times. Yeah. I ain't heard that one yet. That'd be maybe one. Fact checking
2: on that, Austin. Yeah, f- we like for sure that. won one by like thirty. Uh, but I don't know about the other one. I thought we were watching
0: that game. I remember that. Game. <laughs> uh, most
2: memorable Tom Cream moment. Most memorable
0: Tom Cream <laughs> moment. Oh. Um <laughs> you can tell by the lab, there's a few of those. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah, there's lots of different moments. I think uh, I don't I think we were playing Illinois and maybe it was halftime and we weren't playing so great. And it was it was one of my first two years. I think it was my sophomore year because we ended up winning the game. But he came in at halftime and he was like curled up in a ball in a fetal position, like t- saying like we were being babies and stuff like, you know, he was kind of like making fun of us or whatever. And I'm putting it nicely, of course. But, right, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I think that was, he was that curled up
0: in the, in the locker room in
2: a fetal. Yeah, position. Like, yeah, like he gave us like a little speech and then he went into the corner like in a fetal position <laughs> like this is what you guys are, you know, doing whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh. We better go out and win this game. I don't want to see what the uh, <laughs> practice is going to be like the next day.
0: But I don't. I don't think people understand. Like you know, coaches get outside of their bodies. It ain't just. It's just not Bob Knight or Gene Kate. Every coach gets outside mm-hmm. their body, man, and does something that they. Had, and then t- twenty years later, that they're gonna be like, man, I can't believe yeah. I did that, man. So
2: I know, hey, coaches- and, and maybe. Yeah. Maybe as a coach, I'd do that too. I don't know. Yeah, you'll do it one day. It's just, it's it's something that he did that I'll never forget for sure. Wow. Who's your uh, favorite IU player of all time? (sighs) Favorite IU player of all time. Not going to lie, AJ. I I think growing up it was either, it was going to be you. Uh, I watched a lot of you and then uh, I love Dane Fife. I just loved how hard he played and just, his mentality and uh but you you scored the ball a little bit more so i think i liked you a lot. <laughs> i appreciate that man it's a long yeah. laundry list of those
0: guys <laughs> Anytime my name could be in the top 30 i'm happy hey, um, yeah there's no no wrong answers there <laughs> absolutely yeah which iu players past or present are worthy to shoot in a three-point contest against you five of them well you five. and four, the
2: four give me four other ones four mm-hmm. okay yeah. Uh I'm going with uh you, Steve Alford, um, Matt Roth. You, I'll no. go Matt Roth. Um and let's go with uh that's tough. Uh
0: I just uh let's go. Leary, Todd Leary. Todd Leary, man, that'd be a heck of a three-point shooting contest. Yeah. Shout out to Matt Roth, my other Central Illinois to Indiana brother, man. Uh, one of the greatest shooters ever to put where the caddy stripes, man. Mm-hmm. And I think he got. A, I was at a game when he set the record. I think he made like nine threes.
2: Yeah. Something like that. That dude oh, slower God. slower than anything, but he could get that shot off whenever he wanted.
0: It's crazy. Typical Indiana basketball Well, <laughs> If you leave, if you look, I saw someone uh talking to Keith Smart the other day and he was like, Man, you know, uh look at uh, he came into uh, the 19, I think 1987 season thinking like, man, who is this little dude I'm talking about Steve Offer? Like everybody yeah. talking, and then by the end of the uh the practice, dude had like 40 points. <laughs> his, you know, his hair didn't move like it was just like it was a, it was mythical man. So that's the awesome. that's typical Indiana basketball player. Just doesn't look like much, but at the end of the day, it's twenty three point seven assists and a W. So <laughs> exactly um, that, that's Matt raw, man. And um, what um actually Jerry uh, what what past or present player defines IU basketball when you think of IU basketball and that picture in your mind pops up, what player pops up in your mind?
2: um that's a great question uh you know hopefully one one day you know when I when I chose to come to IU I would I hope kids who were watching would think that about me that was always my goal um I try to and you know for me as a kid growing up if I ever watched like a a Dane Fife I think that's the kind of guy just really Mm hard-nosed um didn't care if he scored 20 or 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 whatever he just wanted to win I think Tom Coverdell, you know, this is more my, when I was a little bit older, to understand play, things yeah. like this too. Uh, Tom Coverdell was just a bulldog kind of guy. He got stuff done. That whole team obviously was pretty special going as far as they did. Um, but I think Dane Fife would be the guy just hard knows going to do whatever he needs to do. Absolutely, man.
0: It's funny because I asked Jared Jeffries that question. He did say you. So shout out your boy, Jared Jeffries. That's awesome. some <laughs> hey, belt.
2: <laughs> man, Jared's been a great, he's been great to me, man. I've, I've always enjoyed I've known him for a long time since I was a kid so he's you know that's that's awesome to hear that thanks thanks for letting me know that
0: no doubt man Uh, and also what did you put in your hair before IU games (laughs) (laughs) nothing
2: you know what's crazy I didn't put nothing in my hair before IU games is uh I didn't have any style whatsoever I look back at pictures just like of course times have changed but I just grew my hair out as long as I could. Right. And tried to be like Pistol Pete. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I look crazy, mopped up.
0: Man. Everywhere. Oh,
2: man. I remember you, I, I got the Euro I, style now. I remember
0: watching you play and I'm like, what did Steve offer and Jordan hold? Like, what are these dudes? I mean, the end of the game, you look exactly the same as you did <laughs> at the beginning of the game. And That's me, just I'm how like, bad
2: my hair was. <laughs>
0: You're right. No, man, that concludes our our, our Hoosier team, man, and appreciate you for, for answering those questions honestly. Uh, as we go into your Indiana basketball career, man, when you when you're looking back at, and you and you were walking into those practices with Coach Green, uh, your battles against your teammates, what was your biggest adjustment on the floor to to the college game?
2: Yeah, of course with my my size and stuff, I think the speed of the game. Um, You know, I like to think of myself as a pretty cerebral player, but the speed of the game was kind of like, oh, wow, this is bigger, stronger, faster. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to, to, since I lived there, I could get on campus and do some, uh, you know, summer workouts a little bit earlier than most. So I think I got a little, uh, it helped me a lot just to be even more ready than I could uh, or I tried to be. So I, I think the speed and the physicality of the game was just different. And then, you know, Coach Crean's playbook was about this thick. Yeah, right, so, exactly. so I had to learn a lot of different things, new. <sighs> you know, I was a motion offense kind of kid when I grew up. And then yeah. uh, my high school coach was, we had, you know, plays, but it was like simple read and react kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but learning different formations and this and that, like that, that was the mental side of it was pretty, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was, very different i should say from high school i, I like the challenge but it was very different wow wow and, and and we did fact check so y'all did beat purdue twice 78
0: 61 in 2012 and 97 is 60 in 2013 Ooh, there we go that's, that's that's great information leading into this game against purdue <laughs> so, a lot of pressure on those guys that's too yeah no out. pressure <laughs> that's crazy uh, but back to uh you know that 2011. Let's go to the 2011-12 season, man. I know you had some dog gives. It was tough. It was, uh, you know, you're you're a winner. You're used to, you know, people think people doing things the right way. Uh, how was it trying to be in being in the middle of trying to change the culture? Like, mm-hmm. did you ever get to a point where you got frustrated, or did you just stay the course and believe in what Coach Cream was preaching uh, and 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 get help get that program back through
2: those dogs? Exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, when adversity hits, you kind of see what, what kind of character you have and, and the resili- resiliency that, that your players have. And I think we did a good job of that. I'm not going to say that it was easy all the time. Like it was super difficult those first two years, like I mentioned. Uh, but going into that, my junior year, you know, we were just sick of losing. man. It was, it was something that just like clicked and guys stayed all summer or a lot of guys did. Put in extra work and we're just around one another where we're seeing how this guy moves, where he wants the ball when he shoots, how he moves on defense. If I know Vic's guarding somebody, I don't need to help as much. I can stay more connected. Like those little nuances of the game that you don't really drill, um, you know, per se in, in a practice, it just comes when you start playing with one another, uh, a lot more. And we kind of bought in for sure not that we weren't the first two years, but we we started like it became second nature to us. So once we bought into that culture mm-hmm. and understood, like, we're going to play, we're going to be as prepared as we can. We're going to do what we do best. Uh, we're going to spread the floor, let our guys get to their spots. You know, Christian on the elbow, let Vic attack downhill, get Cody the ball on the block and let him make plays. Um, you know, whatever it was, coach put us in, in good positions to do that. And uh, but it was us players who who got in the gym and um understood that like if we truly want to turn this around we need to why we can't wait there's no no more waiting we need to do it now and we had guys who did that and you know one by one you know I I think leading to be one of the leaders of course is something I I, I took a lot of pride in but I think it was just more it wasn't just me it wasn't just this guy it was a whole group effort and I think Mm -hmm. that's that's really where the culture started to to actually show itself and you know, we get that big win at NC State and we, yeah. we go undefeated for a long time, um, I think before we lose to Michigan State on the road or something yeah. that year mm-hmm. uh, as our first loss. But that's when we knew we started seeing, you know, reaping uh, the benefits of all our hard work. And uh, that's kind of where it all took off for us.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously Tom Crean was the the, the leader and the catalyst and bringing all that together. What, what was it like playing for Tom Crean?
2: Yeah, he's, um, you know, very meticulous, he's very demanding mentally, physically, you know, I don't think I'll ever play for a coach who's uh, as difficult, Uh, I haven't, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I'm prepared for everything, and that's a credit to That's not bashing him, that's, I'm just saying, like, it, it was, it was difficult, there were days where like, holy, like, what are we doing, like, this is this is crazy, but we were prepared for every situation. Um, we had maybe too much uh, stuff, but we we, uh, we were prepared, man, and we and we worked our tails off and, um, you know, we, we, we knew we were going to be in good shape and uh, we had a great group of guys too. So we had guys who, who sacrificed, you know, okay, maybe Cody could have shot 20 times a game or Vic could have shot 20 times, whatever, but everybody just sacrificed because we wanted to win. I didn't care if I shot. 10 threes or you know whatever it, as long as we win ball games, it's going to help everybody out in the long run so coach Crean and, and his staff did a great job uh, preparing us that way and just getting our minds like every day we took it as you know we got to get better today what how are we going to get better that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be on the court for three hours you know but film we had a lot of guys just start learning how to read film and and understand the game in uh, different ways and different angles and different positions and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of where you just saw us keep progressing.
0: Absolutely. And you talk about that progression, man. You ended up going on a sweet 16 run. Was it two years in a row? As you guys Sweet Sixteen, I yeah. beat by Kentucky. Uh, what do you remember about that Kentucky game other than you were playing against like three or four draft picks? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was like Anthony Davis. They had Teague, they had Darius Miller. I think six guys ended up going. Wow, uh, in the draft, but but um, you know, we I think you know, obviously I'm by I, we beat them earlier that year, obviously, but then I think we played them the best out of any team. Like that was the best game of the tournament for them. Right. Uh, was against us and it was a close game throughout the whole way you know we had a great scout on them we knew what they wanted to do but when Michael K. Gilchrist starts hitting jump shots and they (laughs) miss like two free throws I think the whole game or something crazy um, you know we I thought we played a great game of course you want to win and beat Kentucky at all costs. (laughs) nobody likes losing to Kentucky but um, I think we had nothing to hang our heads on Uh, you know we we were very proud of the season that we had and I, I think people weren't ready for us to be good that year. They thought it was going to be my senior, you know, like maybe Mm -hmm. one more year. But I think, you know, that's just a testament to the coaching staff and the players who bought in and wanted it to be time now. We were sick of waiting, we're sick of losing. So Mm -hmm. for us to get to that point, to the Sweet 16, um, you know, we were very proud of that.
0: And I'm sure you carry that into the next season because the next season you guys broke out and ended up being Big Ten champions. What was the, you know, when you're looking back at that Big Ten championship team back in 12, 13, what was the identity of that team?
2: Yeah, so I think, like you said, we carried that over from the year before. Uh, and guys stayed hungry. We didn't get complacent. Uh, we, we got to the Sweet 16 and then going to that next year, we were preseason number one, I believe, and then number one for a lot of the year. And then getting the number one overall seed and then, you know, all this kind of thing. But throughout the whole season, we, we just stayed the course we didn't look ahead we just the next game up that's our next mission and you know guys continually got better throughout the season as well we didn't get stagnant of course every college team's going to have highs and lows Absolutely. um you know losing at illinois on a buzzer beater miscommunicate uh, like I that was kind at of that that game but it was crazy pretty, yeah <laughs> yeah we went zone or didn't go zone uh, yeah. whatever it was Jeez. Uh, but we we had guys that just you know this is our time this is this is what we came here for. It's all coming together. Now let's go out and do something about it. And I think we played a a great, you know, season, of course, Um, coming up short in the sweet 16 unfortunate circumstances, but um, again, it was
0: a good year. Absolutely. So when I say the name, will she, he, what comes to mind?
2: (laughs) That's my guy, man. We were roommates for a year, but uh, you know, he's, He's another guy that I'd put in that category of who you think of yeah. uh, of Indiana basketball. Just a guy, uh, he doesn't care. Like you hate playing against him, but you love having him on your team. He's not going to back down from anybody. He's going to tell it like it is. Uh, that's one of my best friends, man. He's he's a great dude. Um, he's straight up, so you better be be yeah, ready for that. Ready. <laughs> but yeah, he's you know one of if if I'm going strictly like best athlete, he's the best athlete I've ever played with. Like. Wow. Physically, athletic, jumping, stamina, like everything. Mm-hmm. Will's the guy. Yeah.
0: Wow. I say the name Christian Wofford, what comes to mind?
2: Christian Siwa, maybe. Uh, he, uh, He another guy who who did so much for the program, just, you know, coming in, he had to do, produce right away. Um, we came in together, obviously, but he, uh, you know, Siwa, he's the guy who got it done for us when we mm-hmm. needed it. We needed a big bucket. Uh, you know he, he, yeah, he just got buckets. For each other. He has got I'm buckets, for it. and you always think about his beard and the water yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. But yeah, right. and, and again, I I I say this about all my guys is that we, he's a good guy. Like good we too. were a bunch of good guys who love to compete. You know, once we're on that court, we're maybe a different person, but off the court, you know, we still talk to each other. Uh, you know, to this day. Um, so he, C uh, you know, he's a great person. Right. Uh, you know, off the court as well. So it's really, Absolutely. I'm glad I'm a, that
0: he... i say say that Yogi Ferrell, what comes to mind?
2: Man, fast. <laughs> I hated, you know, he made, you know, what's great? Like Yogi really, he helped me get so much better just because I had to guard him. Yeah. And Vic in practice, like, I'm not going to guard too many other guys that are as fast as Yogi. Exactly. Uh, right. <laughs> but, you know, ha- having Yogi come in and do what he did as a freshman and help us, you know, he helped us tremendously just bring a different... Look to the team and speed mm-hmm. at the at the guard position and creativity and you know he he's been you know everybody's known Yogi since he was a little kid at least from Indiana everybody's known Yogi yeah. so for him to you know do what he's done with that kind of I don't know if it's pressure but you know everybody's yeah. known who he is he's done a great job with it and I you know I'm happy he chose to come play for us
0: yeah absolutely when I say the name uh, Cody Zeller what comes to mind.
2: Uh, the big handsome, the big fella. Uh, he runs like a deer. I think, of, uh, I think of how well he runs the floor. Um, he's one of my best friends. I talk to him every week, and he, uh, you know, I've known him to his family for a long time, but I think of, you know, just him, stoic face, just yeah. running the floor, catching it, dunking it, you know, full-court passes, stuff like that. He was he fun, really fun to play with, easy to play with, do yeah. the game, uh, so he he made my job a lot easier
0: watching you guys, man, I really thought that once he decided to attend IU, that things were going to look up because that's exactly the kind of player that you need. He, like you said, a bunch of guys who are selfless, don't want the bad, don't have to have the basketball, mm-hmm. you know, go get 10 points just off rebounds alone. Don't come home, run the floor. It was just, it was a, it was phenomenal watching play. But obviously exactly. when I say Victor Oladipo, what comes to mind?
2: V.O., man, he, uh, I think of, well, Hoosier Asteria, the dance. I think of him singing all the time is what I think, <laughs> is what I think about Vic. Was that, he, was was he doing that all the time? A, man, all the time. <laughs> Would not stop. Wow. Whoever was in the locker room, he knew every song. Could be country, could be rap, R&B, didn't matter. He knew every, every lyric to every song. But Vic was the guy who, he was the guy that came in. Nobody really knew who he was or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He, he played with the chip on his shoulder and he carried that over um to working out three times a day so he could learn how to dribble the basketball shoot the ball and help us you know get to where we were we don't win without Vic getting to that point you know and see his progression yeah. so well I
0: mean,
2: definition with hard worker and you know great dude and it just gets it done high character
0: absolutely
2: i mean that was a,
0: a great team man you guys came together at what point did you see in that season, I mean, are you mentioned the loss of Illinois? Uh, but I know, you know, just from talking to the past uh, guests that there's a time in this season where you were, were, were the leader and I'm sure you're one of the leaders, one of the captains where you looked and said, okay, we got a chance to do this. We got a chance to be one of the best teams and be the best team in the country and win a national
2: championship. What moment, well, do you remember the moment that
0: happened for that particular team?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, we played, well in the, uh, you know, before Big Ten started. But as you know, Big Ten gets pretty tough, pretty grueling. Getting right. any win on the road mm-hmm. that you can. And for us, we we needed all the wins that we could. Um, the win that really, when we won at Michigan State, right. that was my senior year. Mm-hmm. And nobody, had, I don't think anybody had done that for like 20 years or something like that God, yeah. at that point. I think that's when we were like, okay, we got a tough win on the road. Not to say that, again, we lost at Illinois on the road, but, you know, we got a tough one on the road against a really good team. Um, I think that was a turning point for us to or so more of solidified that, you know, we we could really do it this year. We could, it's it's up to us. We got to go get it done. And um, I think that was a huge, huge time for us.
0: Absolutely, man. You end up, uh, you know, losing to Syracuse in Space 16. Great, that zone is tough. Trust me, I think. Syracuse game. We played Syracuse in a Maui tournament back in '99, and it was like the third game with that little bitty gym. I'm sure he played mm-hmm. in Maui before, man. And it was my only shutout. It was like the best zone I had ever seen in my life. I, it felt <laughs> like it was seven people out there, and I was like, you know, because you they're long and they're athletic, and so you know, I, so I when I'm watching that game, I'm like, I completely understand. I mean, yeah. that's something that's hard. Hard to prepare for, uh, but you know, after a couple of years later, Tom Crean is let go from IU. Why you did Why don't? Why do you think that marriage didn't necessarily work between Coach Crean? He had cleaned up the program, spent years. I remember being around when he did that, and uh, you know, got a lot of you know, you know, uh, poor acad- the team was poor academically when he cleaned all that up. But
2: it, the marriage just quite never worked out. What, what do you think the reason was that for that? Uh, that's a tough question. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. 100% sure what uh, – you know, I don't think anybody does except the two people who ended up making the decision or however many people it was. But mm-hmm. um, I think because after we won the Big Ten, they, he won one more Big Ten championship with Yogi. Yeah. And then I'm not quite sure the timing of that, but it wasn't too much longer. Yeah, you know, was he, he was like, go. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know if it was – you know, it was just time. They just like, All right, we need to change a pace. We're not getting as many in state recruits, or if we're not getting, you know, whatever the reason is, you know, it's not like I've called coach and asked them, hey, what right. happened? <laughs> right. uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? But, uh, you know, it, it, whatever happened, it happened. And I'm sure, you know, it's, it's difficult because that, that was the guy, he gave me the chance you Absolutely. know he gave me the opportunity to go and play for my dream school and, and stuff like that but okay that's that's part of the business it happens mm-hmm. one way or another um it's really it's really hard for me to say what the exact reasoning was mm-hmm. uh I, I maybe in-state recruits maybe i don't i don't know i mean but you, but you won like at the end
0: of the day, it's, yeah it's not, i didn't get i mean i didn't get it i mean he he had one. I think he, they went to the NIT or something like that. Maybe a couple mm-hmm. of years after, and then it was over. I'm like, well, I mean, if anybody deserves a couple more years, I mean, it's this guy. So, I mean, we all know the nature of the business, uh, you yeah. know. Well, you know, IU is special, and you know, and and the, this fan base and the pressure that you get as a coach. So, uh, I, I do understand. I don't, I don't condone it, but I understand what happened in that situation. Yeah. So. Uh, we getting to the end here, man. So yeah, I know your time is of essence. So, what do you, what are your thoughts about, uh, you know, the current IU basketball team? Mm-hmm. And, uh, have you had a chance to watch much uh, them play much?
2: Yeah, I try and watch as much as much as I can. The time, di- time difference kind of makes it a little bit more difficult, yeah. but um, you know, I try and keep up with social media as much as I, I can with them. Uh, I, I like Coach Miller and what he he's done. Um, getting a lot of in-state guys who who, who want to buy in. It's of course the shooting is always the issue or what everybody talks about. Uh, but I don't, you know, I'm not around the program as much, you know, because I'm over here and I, I'm not in there. Nobody really knows except the people who are in the building, right? We can be, we're all fans now, um, and we don't know exactly what's going on in, inside there. But I do, I do appreciate uh, Coach Miller and what he's doing, and mm-hmm. and and he's trying to get these guys to buy in and, you know, he's had, he's getting his time, he's getting his guys, he's getting everything in place to where he needs to. Uh, but, you know, just watching a couple of games that I have, we got Trace in there, who, who's a dominant force.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but I think shootings and and those kind of things are going to help make his job, obviously a lot easier. Uh, and I, I like Galloway and how he's playing, he attacks, he seems to He's not the best shooter or anything like that, but he seems to be able to just drive and kick and hit the guy at the right time. And, right. you know, he kind of creates some different things for us. And I think Lander will be coming. Um, he'll get more and more of a feel. It's a different game. I mean, gra- I can't yeah. imagine me graduating a whole year early to go oh. play in the Big Ten. I couldn't um, either. <laughs> that's crazy. But uh, I think he'll get, you know, he'll start getting some stuff like that. But we got to yeah. rely uh, a lot on the, the guard play. Uh, you know, the older guys, we've been there a little bit with Rob and Al. Uh, mm-hmm. When they're aggressive, I think we're more aggressive. And, and Coach Miller's pack line, you know,
1: mm-hmm. I think
2: we should use that to our advantage. If we're not going to run an offense where we're getting, you know, tons of threes and it's like motion, boom, 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 drive, yeah. kick, shot.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
2: we need to create offense with our defense. And right. I mm-hmm. think, you know, when we get out and run, we, we look really good. And, and that's yeah. going to make everybody's job a lot easier. And everybody gets more confidence. you need that shot. Uh, and then lastly, I think Armand Franklin's kind of been a nice surprise for everybody this year. Mm-hmm. um it's been really cool to see him and his development and and uh seeing somebody step up when someone needed to uh has it, been really cool to see
0: absolutely and what what, what you know you your your, your careers i will not say parallel but they're kind of similar with uh, anthony Lille be it mr basketballs uh you know a, a guy that can really shoot the basketball uh, state of indiana product uh struggled a little bit out the gate i don't say he struggled just didn't get a lot of opportunities. Uh, What would be your advice to him, you know, being that you were once in his shoes, an Indiana kid that Mr. Basketball that could really play, uh, but he's he's starting to play a little bit more and find
2: his way. So uh, what would be your advice to him? Yeah, I'd say just, you know, do what you do best. Don't try and do anything that you're not out there supposed to be doing or, you know, what you can't do. You know, you're out there to shoot the basketball. You need to be ready catch and shoot, get your hands and feet ready before the ball gets to you. And, and you know, that's what you're going to be in there to do. Um, and then just work your tail off on defense and, and, and just stay the course. You know, it's, you're a freshman, it's a long season, you're, you're learning. You know, we don't, again, we don't know what's going on in the practices and stuff like that, but, you know, in the games, when you get that chance, just make the most of your opportunity when you're in the game and that's all you can do. You know, mm-hmm. you can't control everything. So, you know, when I've talked to him, you know, uh, on and off throughout the season already, you know, I, I just try and say, uh, you know, stay the course. I try and be positive with them. And, you know, I, again, I, I like the group of guys that we got. I think we can we can do some things, um, you know, in the right moments. Uh, but for Anthony in particular, I think, you know, I'm excited to see him get more and more minutes. Uh, or as it showed the other day, again, I didn't get to watch. But, um, you know, if he gets in and just does what he does best and goes out and gives it to all, I mean, you can't ask for anything more from him. Uh, but outside wow. shooting would be, would be nice.
0: <laughs> absolutely i see him making a splash a big difference if he can get the confidence you know you know shooting is nothing more than confidence actually reps and reps and reps but it's actually seeing it happen in the game which brings that that upper level of confidence so you know i hope you continue to talk to anthony man and continue to help him in that realm because uh we got to score points to, to to beat these teams to now not like when we that's played, how the game is
2: played yeah this is, it is what it is we
0: got to get 75 80 points to have a chance so yeah. Uh, you know, we can win a game here and there at sixty, sixty-five, but you know, we we got to get some some like you said, get some transition things and and, and get easier baskets from our defense. So. Jordan, what do you think it t- would take for this year's IU team to, to win at home against a tough Purdue team? I know people, are, you can never look at the record when you play against Purdue. You always got, it's always a different engine to that game. So looking at this team, and I know you've seen a little bit of Purdue's team, what do you think IU needs to do to, to, to be Purdue?
2: Yeah, like you said, you, with Coach Painter and his, his teams, they're always going to play hard. You know, they're going to play physical. Um, so you got to be able to, to, to counter that with uh, obviously taking care of the basketball. We got to get stops. We got to get out and run. And I think that's when we're at our best, obviously. Um, I don't know if, if Armand's playing this week or not. I don't know what his status is. That'd be great uh, for the outside shooting, but I think trace needs to get up and down too. run, run their bigs. Uh, I know Purdue has a pretty good big who is yeah. really good at passing it, but their other big is not as fast or, you know, big body, but, I think if we can get Trey Trace to be, you know, pretty mobile and, uh, and use his athleticism and speed, get him in the right spots. But all, that's going to open up if we take the threes. Mm-hmm. If you don't make them, that's okay. But getting those good shots, driving and kicking, um, you know, having the confidence to shoot it. I think, like we've probably said every game, everybody's said the same thing. Right. Yeah. So if we take those shots, they're eventually going to fall and just, just shoot with confidence. Rob being aggressive,
0: yep. I think
2: he's much better when he's aggressive. Um, same with Al when you guys to step up uh, I think I think that'll be good and big win at home that'd be nice mm-hmm. to get a big win at home in the Big Ten there's no easy games yes the season's kind of crazy in the Big Ten so uh, it's, it's awesome playing such a great conference but you got to bring it every single night so for us it's 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 getting stops getting out and running and and um, you know doing what we do best in that
0: regard absolutely and you you heard it from a guy who who's actually going into Mackey and blowing them out twice, man. So I hope <laughs> you guys are listening. So, but that's just good stuff, man. One thing I, I, I forgot to ask, I don't know how I missed this, man. And what, you know, and then you probably talked about this a thousand times, the watch shot, man. What what, <laughs> what, what was your view and what was your angle and, and what the hell was going through your mind, man, as you man. guys, were, that's the game were nationally
2: that Indiana was back. You know what I mean? yeah what was going through your mind man again coach we were super prepared we had to play for every you know four seconds six seconds mm-hmm. 10 seconds we had to play so we kind of knew what what formation we wanted and uh, we didn't quite run it exactly how we how it was drawn up but uh you know I, i'm i sprint up the right side of the court right in the corner um and i'm just seeing see what see what loves the trail three and verdell did a great job driving a kick in and that's his shot, man. So once he let it go, I was like, I started, you know, of course, I'm watching it, but I'm like slowly making my way sprinting. Right. And you see, you see it go in, man. It was like the best feeling in the world. It was like, you can't, you can't really put it into words. And then right. I it, it, immediately I'm kind of claustrophobic. So like I sprint over to see why to make sure no one's jumping on top of like, suffocating. Like, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I mean, that's what you dream of when someone hits a, whether it's you or a teammate, being the number one team in the country, the the, the fans storm the court, you mm-hmm. celebrate with everybody, that whole community, like it doesn't get anybody better than that. And when you thought about that, when you think back about that moment,
0: what's, what's the first thing that comes to mind about
2: that moment? About that moment? Yeah. Well, you know, what's crazy is that I, every time I think about that, like, I'm like, man, we we made it interesting, but we really should have just won by 10 points if I right, don't yes. get beat on de- if I don't get beat on defense a couple of times and then you know, I do this, I do that. But yeah. in that moment, you know, when the shot goes up, the first thing I think of is just, you know, we belong. Like this, right. this is this isn't new to us. It's new to everybody else outside the the practice practices, you know, it's new to them, but to us, like this is this is what we're preparing for and to see like the way that we won, of course, is super exciting. But, you know, we were in it the whole game. We were up. We we're it, it was our game to win. And, you know, for us to get it done, it was, that, that was it for us.
0: I mean, how does it feel to be the reason Kentucky don't want to play you no
2: more? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I'm not mad about it. You can't tell me that I didn't want to go play Kentucky again the following year. So. You're right, <laughs> uh, you know, it, that's a good feeling actually. I've never thought right. of it that way. <laughs> you had the
0: Kentucky coach whining. I mean, come
2: on, <laughs> man, this is all because of y'all. But
0: you know, I definitely was watching that game and I turned it, I just turned TV off. I said, they're back. That's and, and that was it. I was like, I turned on and they're back, man. I saw the, the jubilation. I saw you guys excited. You could tell the hard work y'all have put in to get to that point, to be the team like that, man. That, that, that was unbelievable. And, and you guys ought to be commended, man. And finally, man, you know, your pro career, you eight years in. Uh, you know, what has it, you know, been like for you and your family to be, to be, I have to, to, to uproot and be in Germany nine, 10 months out of the year. Uh, what has that adjustment been like for yourself as a father and as a leader and, and being there and then that, and for your family having to adjust to it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you had told me in high school that, hey, you're going to go your first year of after college, you're going to go live in Poland in a small town by the, by the water uh, and you're going to play basketball. And, you know, I, I would have thought you were crazy. I never thought about Europe playing in Europe until it was actually in front of me. You know, I, I was just like, all right, the next day, the next day, the next day. Uh, But when it it got to that point, and now I'm eight years in, it's kind of crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot. I've lived in Poland and Kosovo. Kosovo, people probably don't even know where that is on a map. Like, I've Mm -hmm. learned a lot of life lessons. I've learned a lot about myself. Uh, And that was before I even had kids, you know, so uh, me and my wife we, we've done long distance we've done life together over here and now we have three kids so uh-huh. for me it's been an experience that I would never trade for anything in the world no matter how difficult it was being away from my family and my and my fiancee my wife mm-hmm. um, you know those were some of the hardest years of my life is just being stuck in Kosovo walking an hour every day 15 minutes back 15 minutes back home twice a day to go uh-huh. to practice in the yeah. snow like this kind of stuff is you can't make it up. Um, it's It's been really good and helps me appreciate life and what I have back home and being thankful. And yeah. as I've gotten older, especially with kids, just trying to be as positive as I can, of course, with structure and, you know, some discipline. But um, it's helped me realize, like, we only get this life once. We got to make the most of it. And right. for me and my kids, it's, it's really cool because my, my second son was born in Germany. My other two kids were born in the States. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, for them to just Live in a different culture, right. learn a new language. It's been life experiences that they'll be able to tell forever. Absolutely. You know, if they can pick up this language, you know, at this age, perfect. And try and keep it going. And mm-hmm. you know, we we love the life over here. It's different, of course, but uh, again, you can. I can only play basketball for so long, so that's kind of how we look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll do it as long as, as my my knees uh, right. stay exactly. good and I can still make some threes and, yeah. and make plays and play at a high level. I'm going to continue doing it, but. Uh, I'm super thankful for the opportunities it's been been really cool it's it's not always easy for sure uh, but at the end of the day I think it's made us you know as a family a lot stronger I mean my wife a lot stronger because it's just us, yep. it's, and, just um, us. Mm-hmm. it's just us so we yep. got to figure it out and it's it's helped me grow up I'm, I'm only 30 but you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, yeah, it's helped me grow up a lot and and I appreciate and love you know what we get to do every day I could see my kids after practice like there's nothing better than that. Even if you lose the game, like yeah. I just come home and I was like, it's just basketball. I love yeah. it. You know, it's my thing, but this is why I do it. So for me to provide for my family and live, live comfortably is, is been good.
0: It's all in perspective, man. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I played over there for seven, eight years uh, overseas. And, uh, you know, I think I cringe when people think about, think it's so easy. Uh, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not that easy to be, to have to go to another country and, and, and it takes a while to get, get used to their style of their way of living and their cussing yeah. their food and to learn to you know how to communicate and uh you know and i commend you man especially when you have three children but they will benefit you know my daughter uh speaks fluent uh, you know italian and portuguese because of my overseas experience you know what i mean so it, 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 yeah. it just broadens her horizons and makers makes her different and then i can see it as opposed to other kids, man. So, and I always say, man, I wish all NBA players would have to spend a year overseas. <laughs> hey, it, it's different, they would be man. So happy to come home and do it yeah. and, 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 <laughs> and, and enjoy the luxuries of the NBA, which, like he talked about, the two a day practices. and. You know, you got to wear the team outfit to go to dinner. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I remember, them like, man, because I came from the NBA to to overseas. So I'm like, man, what is this? You know, I had to adjust. 15 hour bus ride, 15 like, hour right? bus ride, cramped in coach. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Trying to fly somewhere. So, man, I commend you uh, for the, for your adjustment. So, how's that German though?
2: I, I'm trying to learn you know I, I'm it's my fifth year so I can understand quite a bit I can uh read it but speaking it is a lot different because my head's still like the, the way that the sentences are structured is a little wow. backwards but I'm trying man my son he did understand it last year but he's been out of, <laughs> out of practice for a little bit so I'm trying to get him back into school over here if they open up but mm-hmm. um so wow. yeah it's it's my German's
0: okay. Awesome, and finally, man, what what is uh what do you have going on at home when you get home in the summer? You do a lot mm-hmm. of work in the community. You know, you have mm-hmm. a, a you have a AAU program or travel team program. I'm assuming. So, tell people how they can
2: uh, you know be a part or support or what you got going on when you
0: get back to Bloomington in the summers.
2: Yeah, in the summer times, uh, you know, with COVID, it's it kind of. You know, taking a positive out of the negative, I yeah. got to open up my JH one training. So I do mm-hmm. a lot of training. I had done it in previous summers, just here and there, a couple kids. But you know, I was home for a lot longer than usual. Yeah. And um, so I do individual lessons, one on one lessons, and I do group trainings. I'll go and travel to different, you know, high schools and stuff, and do little mini clinics, um, ranging from shooting, ball handling, or I can just put you through a whole mm-hmm. workout uh, of of all the different skill sets. Um, but More often than not, people want me to work on ball handling and shooting. So I'm very fortunate to have a a great community in Bloomington that sees the need for proper training and sees the need of learning the fundamentals, kind of like what we touched on earlier, Uh, you know, whether it's my my training or my JH1 Skills Academy camp or my AU teams, uh, JH1 Elite, you know, we all focus on and emphasize the fundamentals and playing the game the right way. So we, we build on that. And then after that, then you just keep progressing and progressing and you, then you'll see the results. But it, the foundation has always been to dream big and work hard. And that's kind of what we're all about. Um, and I think I can relate to kids in that in that way, because I'm not 6'8", right, you know, yeah, 250, exactly. just the biggest athlete in the world. So I think, you know, they see me like this guy gets paid <laughs> to play basketball. Right, yeah. You know, like Nobody really <laughs> believes me if I ever say that. And some kids like their parents know who I am, but then they bring their kids and the kids like, who is this guy? So then I just, all right, we'll shoot, we'll have a shooting competition and we'll see what you say after that. But um, it's uh, it's, again, super, super excited to have that going on when I get back in Bloomington. So if you ever want to reach out, you can uh, hit me up at jh1skillsacademy at gmail.com or on on Instagram, Jordan Halls One or Twitter, Jordan Halls One. Yeah. um so I, i'm always available on those platforms to help you in any way shape or form whether you want to work with me or you just want advice i'm here to help and help kids get better man just grow the game the right way and um you know i'm not looking for you know anything else other than that man
0: well, you think you think they don't recognize you now wait till you get the pot belly and the beer man. <laughs> is really gonna be like, man. I, who is this dude, man? No way, man. <laughs> no,
2: YouTube, YouTube is a great resource for us, though. We can absolutely, yeah. You find a-
0: Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna start all my training sessions with a highlight video. Hey, I, <laughs> there you go I, I ain't always be this this chubby man i <laughs> i used to get all you up a gotta show your bulls, <laughs> oh
2: you got to show your bulls jersey you're right that's that. it yeah that's
0: that's the first picture they see so <laughs> but no man uh it was uh and you guys called all that the, the one thing you said was proper training you know i think there's a you know an epidemic in sports of improper training improper mm-hmm. preparation that's that's plaguing our our, our student-athletes right now, man. And and my mission is to continue to push. You know, you you come from the same school of basketball, of pushing proper training basics. So if you're looking to do 17 dribble combinations, don't call Jordan. Yeah, don't (laughs) call me. (laughs) But if you're looking to just learn how to come off a screen the correct way, see the game the right way, and be taught the right way, call Jordan. So you guys got all that, man. I want to thank you taking time out of your busy schedule over there man and uh, this was always this is a special way for me to stay connected to all of our alums during a difficult time and and also you know I'll tell them at the end I'll, I want to be able to you know be the catalyst for for putting together one nice all-inclusive reunion for all of us to come together one day man uh, uh, you know we kind of in sections the reunions have been in sections with the cream dudes and the samson dudes (laughs) and the davis like come on man like where's the one reunion that we all go to so you know i'm telling every all of my guys man stay in tune with the alumni emails we get and let's put together i'll tell you put isaiah thomas in charge of that you know i'm saying that again yeah (laughs) us all back together man for, for one good one so we can all enjoy each other man so yeah, kudos to you, man. I wish you luck for the rest of your career, man. And, and uh, feel free to reach out if you need anything on this end. But Jordan Holes, one of the great all-time greats at IU, one of the, one
2: of the winners that we've had, man. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast.